If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This week's soundtracking is brought to you by sleep brand Casper. We all strive for a good night's sleep. We'll let Casper help you achieve this with their outrageously comfortable mattresses, which come straight to you from the manufacturer. Considering you spend a third of your life on one, why not at least try the 100-night trial with free, no-hassle returns if you're not happy? Shipping's also free if you are within the UK. Interested? Good. Because you, our lovely listeners and subscribers to Soundtracking, will receive a special offer. Get £55 off towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com and using the promo code SOUNDTRACKING at checkout. Fancy an alternative to traditional banking? Try Tide, the nimble banking service which saves small businesses time and money. Quick mobile setup, automated bookkeeping and invoice assistant are just some of the appealing features that you can get access to. Sign up for a free account for six months, then it's pay as you go with no monthly fees ever. To take up this offer, just use the promo code soundtracking at tide.co forward slash soundtracking. to welcome a directorial debutant to soundtracking what with their entirely fresh take on the art of source music and score not that Andy Serkis is a novice when it comes to cinema as an actor he played Gollum in Lord of the Rings and Caesar in the Planet of the Apes franchise with roles in new Star Wars and Black Panther to come soon he also brilliantly captured the essence of Trouble Troubadour, Ian Jury, in Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, which was directed by our good friend Matt Whitecross. Indeed, it's thanks to Matt you'll get to hear Andy's version of My Old Man from the film after his editor Mark dug out a copy for us. Andy's first major foray behind the camera is Breathe. Starring Andrew Garfield, Breathe tells the story of Robin Cavendish, who was given three months to live after being paralysed from the neck down by polio at the age of 28. He became a pioneering advocate for the disabled and travelled the world with his wife, Diana Blacker, in the hope of transforming the lives of others like him. Since Robin's son Jonathan is Andy's partner at their production and motion capture company Imaginarium, he had a deeply personal connection to the narrative. This extended to the music which was composed by his friend Nitin Sony. Now while this is Andy's first job in charge of an actual feature film, he previously directed the cutaway scenes for video game Heavenly Sword. And who did he get to score that? None other than Nitin of course. Andy Circus, welcome to Soundtracking. Thank you very much, it's very exciting. Director. <laughs> that's your title now. Yeah, I mean, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long yeah. time, and it's been growing gradually over the last decade. 
I suppose the first proper directing I did was coming back from um, King Kong, actually, Peter Jackson, and then uh, being asked to direct some performance capture for a video game, which was wanting to use much more the cut scenes for these video, yeah. new video games in the, back in the 2004-2005 were beginning to become more narrative, much yeah. more narrative, and they were looking for real performance, and that, that was sort of my first proper directing, I suppose. Hobbit, and then Peter Jackson asked me to direct the second yeah. unit, and yeah, that, that was, but it was always with and setting up the Imaginarium, which is our company, which with Jonathan, Jonathan Cavendish, yeah. who obviously his parents are the, the subject of this story. Uh, all of that was all, all leading towards this moment. Yeah, it's such a beautiful film and a beautiful story, and a real story of the good sides of human nature and love, and how love, the endurance of love through the most difficult of situations. Um, and such a personal story, as, as you say, Jonathan's parents, you know, and the, the honesty that comes with telling their story and, and trying to stay true to that. When it came to the music for this, did you have conversations with Jonathan and, and Diana about the soundscape for it at all? Was that, were there any conversations that you had? Or? Yeah, I mean, I had a very particular idea about how I wanted to shape them, the movie musically. Yeah. And, and it was really to reflect Diana and Robin's wit. I mean, and that really goes for the, for the whole way that this film is is shot and designed and um, and framed. And you know, bringing Bob Richardson on as DOP. Everything, everything I wanted, uh, you know, in terms of the the tone of the movie to to reflect their maverick nature, their <laughs> sense of humour, their their wit. Yeah. And and that went through to the music. So it is an incredibly romantic film, but it also is a romantic love that then transcends into a truer form of love, not mm. just a romantic love, a love that is totally about empathy. Yeah. And not devotion or duty, but true empathy. And your life being validated at the same time as you loving that other person. So it's not just sort of selfless love, it's a love that is completely reciprocal. Yeah. So It's quite specific then, isn't it? it? Is, because you don't yeah. want it to be too gushy but no, but it's right. so important to get that it, it right 
and there is this stoicism in, in, in both characters and the emotions are all buttoned down in this film. It's not a gushing, yeah. emotionally kind of openly available and it's the, the personalities of these characters, all of them, um, these sort of, in, the, in their sort of eccentric, maverick, <laughs> boho toff kind of environment That's is... a great way to describe you know, it. You <laughs> it, it, it it's very unique and yeah. it's a singular c colour and a singular tone. was actually I think the most difficult thing to get right because really? yeah uh, and therefore we you know we brought on the greatness in Sauna <laughs> yeah. who's, you know, who I've worked with for, for, for many years now yeah. in fact he was I was such a huge admirer of yeah. his work and I thought he was the most awesome you know, sort of most culturally diverse in yeah. terms of music and his, his understanding of world music is second to none um, I, I remember seeing a film that he'd written a score for, an Indian film, mm -hmm. Throw of Dice, which was um, actually put on BFI. It was a 1930s um, film, which was a silent movie that he wrote the score for, which was just incredible. <laughs> He also is writing the music for Jungle Book, and his unique kind of position as a, a an Anglo-Indian yeah. person really sits perfectly for that yeah. in terms of Mowgli's journey and and his search for identity. So, well, I, I see. I know because you guys went on a trip. I was kind of privy to because I was working with Nitin at the time. You went to South Africa on this trip, and I love the kind of the authenticity and the depth of research that you go to 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 get this authenticity with, with your work and this idea of you going on a trip with your composer to, <laughs> yeah. you know, the landscape where it's, it's, it's based is wonderful yeah. to, to draw the richness and the influence from that. It was a kind of rite of passage for Nitin as well because <laughs> he's not necessarily an outdoorsy sort of person. <laughs> he's, he's, a very, uh, he's quite urban, I think he would admit. Um, uh, but, and so we did, we went on this long, long hike which ended up with us, you know, in the, in the wilds, I mean, totally in the, in the, in the jungle, basically. Yeah. I think he was having to overcome lots of, kind of fears. Of, yeah, it was great. It was really, really great. And then, of course, the sun dropped and it went pitch black and we were still out there. And that was when things started to... He started to realise he might want to get home. <laughs> 
but were you working on Jungle Book before you started doing this? Is, or, you, well, yes. I mean, well, yes and no. So, Breathe, when I asked Jonathan, I said, look, I'd really love to direct Breathe. Yeah. And he said, OK, let's do it. We actually went off on a, on a research trip immediately after that. We went to South Africa to work out um, cause, because of the Kenyan part of the uh, journey of the film. that We were going to have to shoot the Spanish sequences yeah. and all of the stuff that was mm -hmm. abroad basically we have to find one country to do it and that's yeah. going to be South Africa so we were we went on a location scout and then um, whilst we were out there Jungle Book came through and so we put Breathe down and then we shot we shot Jungle Book the whole thing lots of pre-production for six yeah. months worked with all of our A-list cast and then shot on location in South Africa and then knowing that we'd have this very very long period of post-production so we, we were in the middle of post-production when this kind of window, window. of opportunity Short window up. as well. Very Such short. a short window. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible what you were able to do in that. Seven weeks? Yeah, seven weeks. I mean, seven, it was seven weeks to get all the finances together and then seven weeks to shoot. So once we knew that Andrew and Claire had that, that period of time that we just thought, well, we've got to, we've got to go now. And yeah. It worked out with the timing of post-production of Jungle Book. So. And, and Nitin's on both. And, and Nitin became the composer for both, you know, because, because he has this ability to just see the world from so many different mm. points of view. You say there are a number of locations and trying to incorporate that within elements of the score subtly, which he does brilliantly, and also beautifully, colourfully, I would say, in, in a particular scene with the flamenco guitars in Spain. Yeah.
also the generational thing as well and the decades that it crosses as a film. Exactly. And trying to encompass all that is quite a big job. It's a huge... It was a monumentally difficult thing I think we all found, you know, because you don't want to lead the audience, you don't want to take them out of the film, you don't want it to be a gushing soundtrack. And this is why I'm knitting so brilliant as a composer is because he, he wrote some extraordinary pieces of music that when they're all laid up next to each other, like there's a moment in the third act where they realise they can't really go on much further mm. and um, he says my love my life and, and you know there's that scene where yeah. they can't really continue and they both accept that and he wrote this most beautiful piece of music for it And then literally on the very last day of the, of the mix, you know, we're coming up to six o'clock, we decided to take it out and it was the best thing for the movie. So there's just silence and nothing there. And he suggested that. And it's, it's that, having the courage to know what is needed where, even though it was a, an amazing piece of music in its own right. And that's the, that's the thing about scoring. I mean, I think a lot of filmmakers that I've talked to, scoring is a hugely difficult part of the process because you can totally destroy a film if you get it wrong. Yeah. And you've done all that work and you've shaped the film pictorially and performance-wise, but if the score can absolutely make or break the movie. Yeah. And then in the film as well, there are a couple of instances where there are needle drops, where there are pieces of music, you know, where they're dancing. And were those specific? Were those things that you spoke to Jonathan and Diana sure. about and were part of their...? Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, True Love was one of their favourite oh. songs. And that duet at the end with Bing Crosby and Grace Kelly singing in harmony together, it just sort of completely demonstrates for us, you know, orally it really demonstrated for us what we needed to do in the movie as well, as well as being their favourite song. For you and I have a guardian angel on high with nothing to do To give to you and to give to me love forever through love forever Another song we use is uh, Lee Marvin singing I Was Born Under a Wandering Star because it happened to be Robin's, one of the only songs he could sing with his growling, you know, <laughs> respirator voice. Um, I love that. And, uh, 
<laughs> and it, again, that's, it took us through the ages, and so there are those moments. Um, yeah. Wonderful to have that genuine insight into to their world, to be yeah. able to incorporate that in the truth, you know, through music as well is great. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I was born under a wandering star. seen a sight that didn't look better looking back I was born under a wandering star a wandering wandering star I mean I experienced that actually a similar feeling when I was working with on the Ian Jury film with uh, with, with yeah with Matt Whitecross and on um with Ian's family, with yeah. Jemima Jury and, and Baxter. They equally gave so much of themselves to the project. The other polio story. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be a trilogy. There's a, yeah, yeah. There's a thread running here, aren't yeah, there? Yeah. Um, and I love that. I love that when the fabric of the story that you're telling is emboldened by truth and yeah. collective memory and detail that you could never really you know, imagine. Why don't you get back into bed? Why don't you get back into bed? Why don't you get back into bed? Reasons to be cheerful. One, two, three. It's like being naughty. Passion. <laughs> we should think about getting a divorce. It's far too logical. <laughs> Sex and drugs and rap. Hey! Ladies on! I'm on the verge of something. Things are happening. Sex and drugs. That's for Long John Silver. No offense. I'm taken. But that was, again, it was just like, that was a real rite of passage that day.
go through those moments when you're getting into character and evolving a role and, and then just talk just talk to the family they then also they they were they opened their lock up where all Ian's private possessions have been which they hadn't gone into yeah. since he died you know um, and they gave me some of his costumes his original costumes to wear for the film and, and and all of that and it's I mean I'd always been such a massive fan of him growing up and he was such a brilliant uh, observer, uh, a brilliant poet, just had such a great understanding of life, a really generous soul, you know, and, uh, and difficult. I did actually meet him later on when I was actually, he was going to write the music for a show at the Royal Court Theatre yeah. based on Sue Townsend's book, The Queen and I, oh, wow. um, about the Queen being rehoused on a council estate in Leicester. And so he was going to write the music for that and we were researching that when he came up to visit us in Leicester. And he was so, he was not on good form and you know, he, we were in a, I just remember being in a Chinese restaurant with him and he was so drunk and so kind of like, so grumpy and not on form and kind of like and it's just like wow you know <laughs> of course that was you know he could be, but so capable of amazing amount of love as well so yeah. then it was, it was just great you know with Matt and the, and the take on that actually is a way into you know real life stories are, you, you have to have a very specific frame I think to mm -hmm. get into a story of someone's life and, and with that it was from the point of view of telling Ian Jury telling his own his own story as if standing on a stage yeah. and, and the whole thing was a built into a performance. That just suited the, a way of really being able to cherry pick the greatest moments and, yeah. uh, and, and, and bring those to life. Mm -hmm. 
and similarly with Breathe, you know, it's it, they're all of the stories in Breathe, they're true moments. They're all unique anecdotes and moments that they all, all of the family that we talk to collectively remember. And the, and the framework of Jonathan growing up throughout all of that was, yeah. was, was what really, I was just talking to my wife Lorraine about it. It's almost like, I think part of the appeal of Breathe actually is like, you just, it's very relatable to as a movie because it is like going through all your photos on your iPhone where you swipe and you kind of go, hold on a sec, you, by the, in a few flicks you've gone from seeing your child, you know, age two to age yeah. whatever, you know. In the blink um, of an eye. In the blink of an eye. And that's, and I think the journey travelled on, 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 on with Robin and Diane in the movie is, it is a travelogue in many ways, it's an adventure story in that respect. How do you live like this? Yes, you, Stuart. I love you. And I want Jonathan to know you. You can't love this. Yes, I can. There must be something I can do. Get me out of here. Robin's going to leave the hospital. No one with your husband's disability exists outside a hospital. Has anyone ever tried? Robin! Robin! You're right, darling. Much better. Five pounds says you'll never make it. You're on. Darling, call Teddy. I've had an idea. A wheelchair that does his breathing for him. Are you sure it's safe? Yeah. It's worked so far. Alan, you owe me five pounds. Yummy bastard. Why do you keep your disabled people in prison? No one's believed it's possible to live as you do. Well, we should open the gates and set them free. Bloody virus. What now, up in a world tour? Wouldn't that be an adventure? When I first became paralyzed, I wanted to die. My wife told me I had to live. See how our son grow up. Your life is my life. I don't want to just survive. I want to truly live. I think he should be in hospital. No? You're quite right. No. <laughs> that piece of music we mentioned earlier that Nitin wrote for the amazing and hilarious situation that they find themselves in when they go on holiday to Spain, it's brilliant. Which, again, is truth. It happened. Yeah. Did you just kind of go, we need some flamenco Spanish music, come up with something? Is it as simple as that? Or was it... No, no. We, we, I mean, I re <laughs> when we were temping that, I actually temped the whole film. So, of course, when you're putting a film together, you yeah. use temp score and you do... I actually used film soundtracks because of the true love yeah. we were using that. And, society. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I used, yeah. I used The Great Escape for when he's getting out of hospital and, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> but, or, you know, the thing yeah. from The Great Escape. Again, it's about their wit and their yeah. and so and actually that scene when they landed and they're kind of the the plane is taken off and this lumbering great big transport plane which they've got their Bedford van in the back of with so racehorses, you know, sort of comes into land in Spain and they, we we find them. I actually had Chitty Chitty Bang Bang playing, uh, you know, because I I always somehow 
in a perverse way, thought, this is sort of Diving Bell and the Butterfly meets Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> you know, the sort of crazy, Keith yeah. Robinsonian approach to life. It's uncategorical, a fuel-burning oracle, a phantasmagorical machine. It's more than spectacular to use the vernacular. It's wizard. It's smashing. It's key. Oh, chitty, you, chitty, pretty, chitty, bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, we love you. And chitty, in, chitty, pretty, chitty, bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, what we'll do. Here, chitty, far, chitty, in a motor car, oh, what a happy time we'll spend. Bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, I'll find more than a friend. It's almost like carry on moments. Yeah, yeah. You kind of think yeah. when they're escaping from the hospital and things like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just it's like an ealing comedy. At it's times. just wonderful and it's really refreshing as well in terms of how you've managed to get that tone. And it sounds like a lot of that was down to using all this temp music to keep that tone. And that's right. Nitin really responded to that when we came to score it. It really was walking a tightrope because you don't want ever to be commenting on it. You know, you don't yeah. want to take the audience out of the film, but at the same time, you gently want to keep that buoyancy and vibrancy of yeah. these characters. In terms of the incredible work that you've done with motion capture and things like that, has music ever come into that and been useful or helpful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, performance capture is the brilliant thing about it, apart from being this amazing 21st century tool for an actor mm. to become anything. Also applies to other forms of performance. So, for instance, we worked with Coldplay on their video for Adventure of a Lifetime. Yeah. We met with Chris. Of course, he's a good friend of Matt as well. Yeah. And we just said, look, come, look come into the, yeah, exactly. We said, come, <laughs> come to the studio. You can be anything. You can become anything. And we literally put lots of Avatar characters up on screens and said, you know, you can be dinosaurs. You can be, you know, <laughs> it's you can, a child's you, dream. Yeah, it is. It's like Mr. Ben. Do you remember yes. Mr. Ben? It's like He's walk into the, the yeah, the changing room and come out, pick out the hang off the hanger <laughs> what you want to become. And um, so, and then they came to Apes. And they went, oh no, actually, we really want to be Apes. So, so, the, so they just all got into their motion capture suits jumped up and literally within a day Matt had directed it but yeah. we you know I sort of worked with them for a bit and uh, they came up with that and we literally were able to and that's the great thing about it is a very spontaneous immediate mm. form for, for transporting you into another character you can see it come alive immediately yeah 
It's not like you have to wait for months of animation to actually see it happen. You, and, then, and so you can really calibrate your performance to these different avatars. I can't go without mentioning the Caesar performance from the last oh, Apes film because, again, talking about truth and purity and just that character and what you did with that was absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank so you. great. I, lo- I really genuinely love that character and I love playing him. And, and, you know, going back to sort of flicking through your, your iPhone and to play a character from birth throughout the entirety of his life, you know, and him to be an ape and not only an ape but an ape that's evolving and becoming more human like mm. I mean it's there were so many levels to, to that role it was yeah. wonderful as well to see someone a new actor in that world yeah like Steve Zahn oh, with amazing. Bad Ape talk about falling in love immediately with a character <laughs> just just wanted him yeah. just wanted to have one at home yeah, no, it's incredible it's very funny because Steve he's such a brilliant actor and when, when, when we'd finished shooting and the film had been made and, and people were saying oh god Bad Ape's such a great character did you do the voice and he's like, and he wrote me this email saying, people are saying, did you do the voice? What do you mean, did you do the voice? I, I played bad. I, well, you know, and, he, and I was like, yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he was outraged that people didn't understand what he's been doing, you know. And uh, it, it's great now because the perception has definitely changed. And people are, you know, yeah, as you say, right. So it's, it, it needs to be understood. But I was, it's very gratifying when other actors are, are sort of banging the drum, yeah. not just Feel me. my pain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> is my hope that out of this solemn occasion a better world will emerge out of the blood and carnage of the past. A world found upon faith and understanding a world dedicated to the wish for freedom, tolerance, and justice. Am I right in thinking as well that you and Nitten are working on a virtual reality version of his album as well? Yeah, we've we did some te- we've done some testing yeah. for that. So he worked with these, these great dancers, Wang and Ramirez, who actually are doing a, a show at Sadler's Wells. It's coming. It's in Luxembourg at the moment, based on his latest album. And they came into our studio 
and Nitin and Wang and Ramirez did this piece, 360, amazing performance. Mm. Um, and then we've got, I can't talk too much about it yet, but <laughs> we have, we're planning on doing a big performance-captured musical, which is coming up fairly shortly. You are um, the most multitasking person <laughs> I have ever met. It's amazing. There's all these amazing plates and things that you spin, and we've got so much of you come this year as well with the new new Star Wars film and we've got Black Panther and we've got all this stuff and we've got Breathe as well it's just never a dull moment I mean this year has been particularly kind of crazy it has <laughs> been crazy because we were editing Breathe at the same time as editing Jungle Book to go flying between two studios and kind of going off shooting Black Panther. I mean, it, had, it has been crazed, but I love it. And yeah. the only thing I crave is a bit more time in the family, really, because that's... <laughs> yeah. But then they're all busy as well. They're all doing their own thing, so we're... we're kind of Christmas busy. is coming, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, listen, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on Breathe, you know, our first introduction to you as a director, but there's so much great stuff to come. Jungle Book, I know, is going to be pretty special. So, Andy, really lovely chat to you. Thank oh, you. Oh, you too, thanks. recent album Dystopian Dream that's Spiral rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the wonderful Andy Sarkis this week brought to you by our friends at Casper Mattresses and Tide Bank my huge thanks to Andy for taking the time to talk to us Breathe is on general release now with knit and score available via Varese Sarabandi you can listen to the songs that featured in this show in the order they appeared by heading to edithbowman.com, which is also the place to subscribe to the podcast. iTunes works just as well if you prefer. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK and do spread the word on your socials if you like what you hear. We're also thrilled to be bringing you our first Soundtracking Live as part of the BFI's The Big Thrill Season. We'll be chatting to the fantastic composer Lorne Balfe. Now, if you'd like to join us on Saturday the 11th of November at 10 past four, there's a link up on our Facebook page to get tickets. Next up, Italian director Luca Guadagnino talking about his stunning new film, Call Me By Your Name, amongst many other things. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. (laughs) 